0: Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker.
1: What did consumers do over the holidays? How did COVID-19 make a difference in the way they were spending, or did it? And what about what's coming up in the new year? What is there going to be available for consumers and credit cards? Are there some things that you should know about ways you can save money? Well, I'll bet there are. And here to tell us about them is Jill Gonzalez. She's a senior analyst with WalletHub. And we're going to talk about some of the results of recent studies that they've done. And hi, Jill. Welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Thanks for having me back. Now, this is a very interesting study that you did about people and their spending habits during the holidays. It seems like people did spend and did enjoy the holiday. Actually, they spent quite a bit, didn't they? Tell me what your overview of the study was.
0: Well, when we're looking at holiday shopping this year, we kind of expected, obviously, a difference. But we also saw you know, a lot of things that people weren't doing the same. One of them is overspending. You know, you have your Christmas, your holiday wish lists out, and unfortunately, you tend to go over whatever your budget was. So this year, almost 40% of Americans still overspend during the holidays. Is that more than normal? That's about on par. Okay. You typically see anywhere from a third to almost a half of people overspend. So this is right around there.
1: Okay, so we were, so the behavior pattern there is not unusual.
0: Correct. It's exactly the same, which is probably more alarming given the context of 2020.
1: Yeah, right. That's true. Okay, very good point. Go ahead. So, beyond the overspent, what were some of the other things that came out in this study that you did of consumers? Well,
0: what was interesting is that. One in three Americans said that the 2020 holiday season was worth going into debt for. And that's actually almost a 50% increase over last year. So essentially the reason behind that overspend was because of all the stress and turmoil and anxiety that 2020 brought. It seems that people thought this year more than ever, it was worth it to either get gifts for others or themselves.
1: So really and truly, we we felt like we needed to take care of ourselves and others. It's been, it has been such a stressful, last year was such a stressful year. Um, and, and I can understand that. I can understand the desire to share with the people you love, your family and your friends, even though you might not be able to share it with them in person. Um, so that the spending, now did, did people in terms of, where they spent the money, did that change or did you look at that? Because I'm curious, I suspect that an awful lot of people shopped online this year.
0: Absolutely. Now more than ever, I mean, this is certainly a trend that we had been seeing as far as shopping online, uh, but this year, about 80% of consumers said that they shopped online
1: exclusively. Uh, that's a lot, isn't it?
0: That's a lot, and again, we had seen this creeping up in general, uh, but this year, you know, given COVID nineteen restrictions, more people took advantage of that, and we certainly saw the repercussions of that, uh, as far as very, very delayed shipping times and overworked and overloaded postal service. Uh, And people
1: that honestly are still
0: waiting for some of their Black Friday shipments.
1: Sure. Well, I know I just talked to a friend today and she said that that the card that we sent out in early December arrived today. So it took over uh, took a month. To get to a destination in New Jersey. So I understand that. I know it's been stressful for everybody. We just have to make cut, cut the postal service and delivery services a little slack, I think here. But one of the things that was was interesting uh, is that consumers said that they were they were not over anxious about going into debt, that they'd be willing to work longer hours to pay off that debt. Was that something different than what they've said in the past?
0: Yeah, this question was a little bit different. I mean, we asked, what would you do to get out of debt? And most people said that they would cut out luxuries. Over 70% of people said that they would cut out luxuries. And I think that's what we've been seeing, you know, since the pandemic started, especially as unemployment rates grew. Mm-hmm. Uh, people said that they would work longer hours, over 50%. Over 50% said, and this was multiple choice. That's why these numbers mm-hmm. might not. Sure add up they could select more than one a lot of people over 50 percent said that they would skip vacations uh so that again I think in the context of COVID-19 makes a little bit more sense yeah over 20 percent said that they would give up social media which again I think under the last four years makes still makes more sense uh and most people said they would not either rob a bank or cheat on my taxes, but
1: a few did. <laughs> that depends on how desperate they were, I suspect. Uh, well, uh, yeah, at least they were being perhaps being honest there. Who knows? But one of the things that came out of this was the I would think it was a rather pessimistic view of what the economy is going to get back to and whether or not it would be back to normal in 2021 after we've taken such a huge hit. Um, and I think consumers were not all not all of them were optimistic, were they?
0: Yeah, unfortunately not optimistic and maybe, you know, realistic, especially when we're looking at, you know, what they expect to see for the future. About 53% of Americans think the U.S. economy will not go back to normal in 2021. So 2022, 2023, some even said they don't think it will ever be back to normal. Uh, so again, I think everyone has a different idea of what normal is, but at least looking at the economy, people are, are not too optimistic for this year. At least. Well,
1: I think there's there's reason for that. I mean, it's shuttered stores and not being able to go to a restaurant and and all of the things that are going on right now to the recovery of that is going to be, uh, it's been rather devastating to us in many ways, financially as well as emotionally, I think. And um, that's that's a tough thing. Um, But now you all put some different questions in here uh, from what you've had in the past, like about how did COVID affect their holidays? And interestingly enough, the majority of people said it did affect their holiday. I guess that means that they stayed home and didn't break curfew or whatever, not curfew, but uh, isolation.
0: Yeah, I mean, two in five Americans said that COVID-19 did not affect their holidays. So maybe less than I think we were expecting. Uh, And that, you know, goes from anything from traveling to quarantining to how much they're spending, uh, you know, a lot of people said that it, it didn't affect their holidays. And I think we're yeah. seeing, you know, what, what happens when people are unaffected. Uh, you know, we're seeing spikes and surges across the country in terms of case rates and death rates. And we're seeing, again, more more debt as well.
1: Yeah. Let's just uh, take a brief pause here. Um, you're listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest is Jill Gonzalez. She's a senior analyst with Wallet Hub. And we're talking about an interesting survey that, they, survey that they did of consumers, their spending habits, how much they spent, whether or not they overspent and their view of the future, which is a little bit pessimistic. Um, but I think given what we've been through, Jill, it's not surprising to me that there's some pessimism in there. Um, I think we all are, are concerned. I think most of us have friends who've had COVID and some of us have lost friends and family to COVID. So it's been a been a challenging time. But one of the things that was very interesting to me from your survey was when you asked consumers about what they were more worried about. And they they seemed to be more worried about saving money than they were getting out of debt. Now, does that make sense? I don't really quite get that.
0: Yeah, as far as what people wanna do, what people's new year's resolutions are. Uh, we see that more people are interested in saving money than they are getting out of debt. And we've seen this in the past. And I think 2020 has really emphasized this, but we're seeing like the need for people thinking that they, they need more of a rainy day fund, which you know only 40% of Americans have any type of rainy day fund if they lost their job this year, I think they quickly realized why rainy day funds are needed. Uh, So I think that saving money is really more top of mind for people before they go about essentially spending money to pay off their debt. Uh, And I think a lot of people don't realize how expensive their debt is
1: either. Well, especially if they have it on a credit card, Um, that can be very expensive. And we're going to talk and a little bit about credit cards and what some of the options are for consumers. But overall, were there any things that were surprising to you that came out of this survey?
0: Well, I think, you know, that so many Americans, this was definitely an increase would work longer hours to get out of debt. You know, that's an interesting juxtaposition when you look at the unemployment rates all over the country right now. Uh, you know, some simply don't have the hours to work and yet we're still seeing a large debt load, especially around the holidays. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, that's, you know, should be something that helps people rein in their spending. If they're wishing that they could work more hours at a job that they don't have to keep up with their spending. And for some people, they are not spending on frivolous things. You know, they're spending on needs that again, they simply still don't have the money for
1: Well, there's rent and food, which, and transportation, if you do have a job to go to. And those things are so essential to us. And I I guess you're right. Um, So many people don't have a job right now. And this is a, it's a really trying and and, uh, scary in many ways, scary time that we're, we're entering into, but let's just hope that it Gets back to normal soon. So let's talk about normal in terms of going for credit. One of the interesting things um, that the consumers that you surveyed said that they would do, that they would apply for new credit cards this year, which is very interesting, because that means that they are looking at their credit cards, they're looking at the debt load, and they're looking at how to get off and under it.
0: Yeah, and, and this was interesting because this was an increase, about a 30% increase from last year. This year almost half of the people polled said that they will be applying for a new credit card this year, either for better rewards or for lower interest rates. So those are two very different things. You know, this means people who were not affected job wise, who were not affected financially, are still spent are still spending. They're contributing to the economy and they want better rewards for their spending. They typically have good or excellent credit. And then you have people that want lower interest rates who have to keep spending maybe because of unemployment or because they were financially affected by the pandemic. And now they're looking to lower the rate on existing debt. So more of a balance transfer
1: type of situation.
0: So yeah, we we definitely found that interesting, and I'm sure the banks
1: love that news. Well, it's interesting information for the banks because are they prepared to meet the request for, I think, more rewards for consumers and and better interest rates? Uh, But you have some things to offer consumers. What were some of the things that you found?
0: Yeah, well, we looked at the best credit cards for 2021 so far that we can see. And it depends on your credit level. It depends on what you need. It depends if you want rewards versus lower rates. Uh, But at least for rates right now, the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card has the lowest interest rates for the longest amount of time, uh, which is about 20 months, again, depending on your credit level. Uh, If you are looking for better rewards, uh, Chase Freedom Unlimited right now has great rewards. The City Double Cash card has good cash back. If you have bad credit and need essentially some type of credit line quickly, the Discover It Secured card is probably best. So, and these are all listed at our site. There are tons of other categories, but that's the one thing. If you are thinking of applying for a credit card, you know, don't blindly apply. There are very specific needs that you probably have. And there are very specific credit cards that line up with those needs.
1: Here we go. So Jill, tell me about some of the specific needs that consumers have that you can help them to identify when they're going to get a credit card. And we had talked about the the interest rates, the rewards. Um, What is the most important thing to consumers? Was that identified in your survey?
0: It was split between the two. So again, it depends if you have good and excellent credit and a steady stream of income, then you're probably looking for better rewards. Typically, if you pay off your credit card bill in full at the end of each month, that's what you're looking for. If you're able to do that, you want better rewards uh, to reward that loyalty to your credit card company. Um, If you are looking for lower interest rates, it's probably because you're not able to pay off that bill in in full. That's why you're concerned about APR or interest rates to begin with. Uh, And you either want to you know, get a card that has lower interest rates that you can start incurring debt on essentially, or you want to do what's called a balance transfer and take any debt that you have on a higher interest credit card and transfer it to a lower interest one, which honestly is a great idea. It saves people hundreds to thousands of dollars as long as, you know, you're doing it smartly.
1: Okay, let's just take a brief pause here. We're going to come back and talk about some of those issues. Um, you're listening to Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jill Gonzalez. She is a senior analyst with Wallet Hub. And we're talking about credit cards and opportunities for consumers in terms of credit. Um, okay, so let's look at the types of cards that are going to offer people the lowest interest rate. Is that a reasonable thing? I mean, can most consumers, or um, well, they can all benefit if they can get a lower interest rate if you're carrying a monthly balance, is that the idea?
0: Exactly, yeah, you can all benefit. You can either you know, just get a new card that you start spending money on or you can do what's called a balance transfer uh, and transfer the balance you have on one card to another. So one of the the, I'm
1: sorry. One of the important questions for the consumer when they're looking at a card is: Can they transfer it, and will it be transferred at a lower rate?
0: Exactly. So the answer to can you transfer it is probably yes, as long as you're looking at a credit card from a different bank. So you can't transfer one of your Chase credit cards to another. That's not how it works. It has to be. You
1: may have to change a a different issuer, different bank to get the lower interest rates.
0: Yes. So it would have to be from Chase to City or from Chase to
1: Wells Fargo, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's and, and you list the cards on your website, which is wallethub.com, you list the cards and do you give kind of a overview of the interest rates or do the interest rates that consumers are being charged depend on the individual consumer and their credit rating?
0: exactly so we will list the average you know scale of the apr of the interest rate but the exact interest rate you can only know after you've approved after you've been approved so after you've applied for and been approved for the card you'll know your specific interest rate
1: well will you know that before you actually make the transfer of the debt from the other card
0: transfers is different yes so on a balance transfer typically what you're looking for is a 0% balance transfer, uh, which a lot of cards offer right now, 0% on that balance transfer for six, 18, up to 20 months. You mean they uh, so totally that's
1: don't charge you interest on that balance?
0: Exactly, for up to that length of time. And wow. then you'll see the new rate once that introductory period is over. So that's why we say, you know, these are the best balance transfer cards. Because they offer the best or the longest interest or introductory
1: interest periods. So the smart thing to do here would be to transfer the card, the the balance over, and then pay it off if you possibly can in the grace period that you have before the new interest rate kicks in.
0: Exactly. So that's where you're saving all of that money is Mm -hmm. in, in those several months that you have with no interest on your debt. And then hopefully you pay it off within that introductory period. But if you don't, hopefully even still, whatever rate it kicks back to is still lower than whatever rate you were paying before.
1: Sure. 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 So, is, is there any particular level of debt at which you advise consumers to start searching out a new card, or should they just start searching out a new card if they are carrying any kind of carryover balance?
0: Well, it depends. You know, debt levels are going to be different for everyone, de- dependent sure. on your income. You know, for some people, five thousand dollars in debt would be a good time to switch. For some people, it might be one thousand. For some people, it might not be until fifteen thousand.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so it, it really on.
0: is dependent. On. Yeah. on. But, but I would say if you are consistently struggling to pay your bill in full at the end of each month, that's when you should start thinking about lowering your interest rate.
1: Now, you also talked about a card for people who are new to credit cards. And I assume this would mean um, young people. Is, is that right? And you mentioned a Visa card, Visa credit card.
0: Yes. So for beginners, I would say the pedal to Visa credit card is the best because you don't necessarily need credit history to get the card.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So for beginners, I would say that um, for just low rates in general, right now, the US bank Visa platinum card uh, has very good 0% APR or mm-hmm. twenty months.
1: What is it running now? Is there an average on what consumers are paying on interest on their revolving accounts?
0: Yeah, the average right now is about fourteen point two percent. So that's oh, okay. including all the people that are paying zero percent and all the people that are paying right now twenty three nine nine. I would say is is one of the higher rates.
1: So that. Really does add up. That is a can be a very significant savings if you get the, a reduction in the interest that you're paying. Um, you know, do you have a table at your website that shows consumers what they're actually paying when they have a revolving an account?
0: We we do. Yeah, we call it um, a credit card calculator, and that will show you a, you know you plug in your specific numbers and it shows you exactly what you're paying, how long it'll take to pay off. Uh, how a different card could help you, et cetera. So that I would say is a very good tool.
1: Well, I would say so, because I think, you know, you say, oh, I'm only paying such and such, and I only pay this much a month. Yeah. And you may be paying that for the next 15 years. I mean, I'm not discouraging people to use credit cards and to use uh, carryover accounts if that's what meets their needs, but we need to do it wisely, um, especially now, given the the circumstances that so many people find themselves in. Um, Any last minute advice for our listeners, Jill?
0: Well, you know, if hearing this, hopefully hearing this is helpful. I know we did go over some discouraging bits in the beginning or or more pessimistic bits about when the economy was going to get back to normal. But the good news is, is that credit card issuers and banks have been very proactive and they learned from their mistakes in the last recession. They definitely got ahead of this one and they're offering help, whether it's decreasing your interest rate for the time being, whether it's forgiving a late payment, whether it's helping you come up with a repayment plan. If you can't make your minimum payments right now, they're offering help. All you have to do is ask. So you have to call them and ask for this. Uh, You know, the wait times are going to be longer. But yeah. consumers
1: have to be proactive. They've got to take the step, get in touch with their bank and discuss what the available options are. I'm sure c- banks are not going to want to lose their customers. They're going to want to talk to you about ways to work out your issues. Well, Jill, thank you so much for bringing us good and bad news. Bad news, well, we knew that we just were kind of summarizing it. But thank you so much. We've been listening to Jill Gonzalez, senior analyst with Wallet Hub, and you've been listening to Op Consuming Interest right here on the Federal News Network. We thank you for joining us. I'm Shirley Rooker.
0: Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international non-profit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.